This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, as you likely heard in the news, a low barrier shelter in Maple Ridge has closed and that is leaving the residents of the shelter wondering where they are going to go next. And they say they've been targeted. They have not been treated all that well by some members of the community. And joining us to talk a bit more about this is DJ Larkin. She is a lawyer with the Pivot Legal Society. DJ, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, What is the latest or what is happening in Maple Ridge as far as the closure of this uh, low barrier shelter and what that means for the people who depended on it? Yes, we were in Maple Ridge on Wednesday at 1 p.m. when the shelter was officially closed. That means that 40 spaces where people lived for almost two years are no longer available to them. And both two housing developments that were supposed to go go ahead to house people have not happened. Uh, So where do the people go? Well, a lot of people I've talked to said, I don't know what to do. Many of them have gone to camp outside uh, because they want to stay near people they know, people who they feel can keep them safe, uh, places where they won't be alone. Um, I understand that some may try to get into the other shelter, which is also operating at capacity. It's very busy uh, and where people aren't able to stay there during the day. So people are still left uh, with nowhere to go during the day if they are trying to access that other shelter. Uh, and as far as the reason for the closure, this was the shelter, <clears throat> excuse me, that was uh, operated by Rain City Housing, uh, saying that the funding ran out or the funding came to an end. Uh, do you know, I mean, what, were there attempts made to, to get the funding reinstated or to find other means of funding to keep this open? Uh, I can tell you that having attended a large, large community um, speak out on this issue, that there is a desire on the part of the shelter providers to keep the shelter going for as long as necessary. This housing, this particular shelter is not designed, you know, to act as a shelter. It's a commercial space. It's not ideal, but they don't want people heading back out to the street before they can be housed. Realistically, what happened was that there was outcry from a vocal minority within the community who wanted the shelter closed, uh, and the MLAs at the time facilitated the closure of that shelter. Uh, there's been a, a bit of a history there as well. I know with the mayor of Maple Ridge, she actually stopped going to some uh, community events and public events because she had been receiving threats. She feared for for her safety because of this ongoing issue in Maple Ridge. Uh, are you seeing anything where, where people are working together or perhaps trying to find a solution to this? Well, there are definitely members of the community who are trying to work towards solutions. However, there's a lot of miseducation and division in the community currently. There are some members of the community who have acted, sorry, who have acted, um, who have acted violently towards people, members of the street community who have threatened them. Uh, there are other members of the community who are well-intentioned but are not particularly well-educated on the issues, and so they may not understand what it is that people need. Uh, what we have seen is that the Rain City Shelter has worked hard for people. They would like to see a housing development built. Um, the mayor and certain members of council have been very supportive and understanding of what's needed. They haven't been able to move anything forward because of serious misunderstanding, mistrust, uh, and some discrimination, discriminatory attitudes that are held within the community. Uh, and what about, there are people as well, and, and it's kind of, it's it's trying to show compassion, I think, but then also this level of frustration, because we've been in that community talking to people, and there are people who live nearby who have, have 
taken video on their phone. They've taken photos, uh, maybe not that particular uh, encampment, but in other in other city lots and such where every single day they come out and they find people uh, shooting up drugs. They find needles that are discarded. They find condoms that are discarded every single day uh, just out their front door. And it leads to and it's not it's not I mean, I, I mean, I don't think they're trying to be mean, but it leads to such a high level of frustration. Well, I think one of the things that we're forgetting here is that providing services for people would decrease all of that if there was low barrier shelter all the time, if there was housing first approaches that were available for people. So housing first without requiring people to be sober, to be sober, if there were safe consumption sites, if they had a functional needle exchange 24 hours a day, if they were funding peers properly to do uh, cleanups all the time, and if the city was properly supporting people rather than displacing them every day, if they were doing garbage pickup, if they were doing health checks on people, if they were actually assisting people rather than simply displacing them every day or allowing their private security to displace people every day, all day, we simply wouldn't see many of the harms that people are now complaining of. I can understand why people are frustrated, but it's actually support that will uh, decrease the harms that they are seeing in the streets. We know that needle exchanges and safe consumption sites decrease the number, number of improperly discarded needles. We know that shelter and housing is the way to get people off the street and to decrease the uh, use of public spaces for living. So that's what's needed, and that's what Maple Ridge is sort of not doing. Uh, but even if just looking at a needle exchange, if, if many needle exchanges don't have the, the hard, fast rule that you have to bring your needle back to get more needles, which, which can lead to more needles being discarded. If they don't enforce that, how does it ensure that needles don't end up on the ground? Mm-hmm. So a one-for-one needle exchange is actually not best practice. It doesn't work well. It doesn't work well from an epidemiology perspective because it doesn't encourage people to always seek a clean needle. And so if people in the community are concerned about the spread of disease, such as hepatitis C or HIV, the best way to do it is to not enforce a one-to-one exchange. What you do find is that many people will um, have their own little yellow disposal bin, they'll put a bunch in there, and then they'll bring in the bin when it's full. Uh, for, the ver- for the few people who after a lot of explaining and getting used to it, still don't return their needles, uh, then having a peer-based approach of people going out into the community and safely disposing of them does work well. But what we know is a one-for-one needle exchange simply does not work because it doesn't uh, have the same effect in terms of decreasing the harms that people face, and it doesn't have the same effect in terms of mitigating the spread of disease. Uh, talking about this shelter closing in Maple Ridge, we also saw the 150 residents of the Balmoral Hotel evicted starting June 12th. What is that going to do? Do you have any idea or have you talked to people as far as where people who were living in the Balmoral are going to go? Well, uh, the SRO Collaborative has been working closely with uh, the Balmoral Hotel as well as uh, lawyer Jason Grattle has been representing residents of that hotel for a long time in the fight to preserve the housing and to make it safe. Um, The problem is that the city has ignored the Balmoral and many of the Sohota properties for so long that they are in very significant disrepair now. And so the tenants really need somewhere safe to go. They need more than an offer of... uh, a supplement to try to supplement their rent or a mat on a floor in a shelter. They need actual housing to go to. Otherwise, we're going to see more than 100 people potentially made homeless in just another week. Uh, and what do you say to the, to the, what it seems to be turning a blind eye? The city says that it has been uh, citing the, the Sahotas for, for leaving the hotel in this, in this state, for letting it get to this state. Uh, but anybody, uh, we had reporters down there talking to people and having them explain what it was like inside. Uh, I mean, this isn't something that just happens overnight. The state of that hotel has, is something that has happened over a great deal of time. 
the city's known about the Sohotas for over a decade. You can look at an article talking about how uh, another Sohota-owned hotel was left too long without proper enforcement um, over a decade ago, and not, not much has changed. The city has now started to cite them for their bylaw violations and to try to get the landlords to fix the hotel. Uh, it, a, it's not worked well, and B, it's too late. Um, it is the SRO Collaborative that formed about two years ago that has been pushing the city into proper enforcement, and it's by their efforts that anything is getting done in that hotel. Uh, does it seem odd that, on the one hand, the city says that, ho- that hotel is at risk of collapse, which is why they gave the eviction orders, yet they still, people will still be there till June 12th? You know, I can't speak to that specifically. I know that uh, I know that that's what the city order said. It is very curious, and the city has known for a long time that the hotel has structural issues, whether or not there is actually a situation that requires the the hotel to be vacated. I can't speak to that, and I think that that is something that needs to be looked at very carefully because we shouldn't be kicking people out of their homes unless it's absolutely, absolutely necessary, and uh, we actually don't know if that's the case. Mm. Uh, And one other uh, one I wanted to ask you about, uh, one other, uh, the injunction dealing with 950 Main Street, uh, it was rejected. So what will happen with that camp as far as you know? Will it continue um, continue on until until people find housing or or what, what do you see happening there? Well, uh, the ball is in the city's court right now. If the city of Vancouver wanted that camp to come to an end uh, safely and appropriately and in line with human rights obligations, they would find housing for the people living there. You know, that's what needs to happen, and they would support it in the interim to make sure it stays safe. That means supporting with bathrooms, potentially running water, garbage pickup, uh, and fire safety. Uh, that's what should should happen. What is going to happen no one can say because it's really up to the city what their next move is. Uh, there was a woman from that camp that was quoted in the Vancouver Sun a couple of weeks ago, and she said she was 21 years old, she's pregnant, she was recently evicted from her SRO, uh, she was offered transitional housing but declined it because she couldn't stay with her boyfriend. Uh, when we hear that, do, do we not lose a bit of the public support? Is that not the system working that somebody in that situation was offered transitional housing? Asking someone to separate from their family in order to get a temporary roof over their head is not reasonable. For a woman who is pregnant, uh, who has a friend who needs to stay with her partner, uh, I think we need to remember that not only is this a question of family, this is not a, it's not only a question of community, it is also a question of safety. You know, for people who don't have a lot, especially when they've just been evicted from their housing, it is not reasonable to assume that someone would simply give up all they have in order to get a temporary roof over their heads. We need to find uh, solutions that um, actually meet the needs of individuals, and that means individuals staying with their family. It means finding housing that, uh, you know, that where there's rules in place that people can follow, that has the privacy in place that people require. It means finding adequate housing. All right, DJ, we'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, that is DJ Larkin. She is a lawyer with the Pivot Legal Society. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.